I run a sales team, regional sales team for solar. That's right. Old company as a solar. Plug PV. We got 30, 40 guys that uh, work with me. He's on work, I'm on plug. And they're doing sales, basically. Correct. And they're door just, to door. They're just hammering on doors. Talking about energy costs, right? Correct. Yeah. All right. What's the end goal for the podcast? Building brand awareness for Zach Dingy as a business yes. person. Yep. And Tony as a personality. Yeah. Oh, you fuckers want to be famous. How many people you have watching or listening to this thing? 5,000 probably. That's the most we've had what so far. What the fuck are we doing here, George? <laughs> <laughs> Anybody know? 5,000? What the fuck is that? Who booked wait, this? Wait, wait a as, as Who far, said I would come here? Wait, as far as I remember, the whole reason you went into Shark Tank 2008 was to help people to build a platform, correct? Yeah, but they had a platform. What the fuck is this? Oh, Hopefully you get us to 50,000. Pray that somebody's oh, gonna Oh, gonna pimp me out. All right. Come on, let's, let's, let's get, get this going. Let's get this shit over right. here. Uh, you ready? You know, you know guys, uh, guys multiply anything they claim they've done by three and women reduce it by three. You know that, That's right? Okay, let's go. You're probably about right. Okay. <laughs> Welcome back to the Two Dudes, Three Legs show with your host, Zach Dingy, Tony Capaletti, where we share business tips, interview experts, and travel the world. Today, we have a special guest on, founder of FUBU, founder of Shark Group, business mogul investor, cancer survivor, maybe most importantly, known as the People's Shark on Shark Tank. Welcome to the show, Damon John. Thanks for having me. Beautiful art around here. This is beautiful stuff, man. Thank, Thank you. you. Local Thank artist. Thank Today you. we are seeking uh, $1 million for 0.5% yeah. in the Two Dudes, Three Legs podcast. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Low evaluation, not too much yet. It could go bigger than that, I know. It, it could, it could. But in all seriousness, we're very excited to have you on, obviously. Thank you. Uh, we're sort of work and play here. Zach is the business mogul. I, like I explained, went through an accident, sort of changed the way my outlook on Do life. you always dress up so nice? No, come on. We're on. So why are you dressing every now and then? Now. Yeah, okay. we figured we had to. Guys are looking sharp. I'll use any Excellent. excuse I like to the come ink. out and get sexy. Thank you. Okay, beautiful. We feel that the trajectory of your life very much matches the theme of our show. You know, you've worked very hard your whole life. You've made a huge name for yourself. I mean, I don't think that even needs to be said. And then later on, you know, in your journey, you faced something very tragic uh, and came out on top. And I think that, you know, for me, that changed my life in a huge way. Everything I do now is different. The way I look at everything is different, and I'm sure you can relate to that in a big way. Sure. Uh, so you've sort of lived almost what him and I have been experiencing in our short life so far. How old are you guys? I'm 30. 23. Okay. 23. Got it. Um, so, you know, I think you can speak to a lot of that. What we wanted to ask is, are you ready to invest? <laughs> I, I am not, but... <laughs> <laughs> All right, so... You've always wanted to be a businessman since you were young, but then it really turned into you being on TV. Did you ever want to be on TV? I did want to be on TV at first, but I happened to grow up in Hollis, Queens, where for some reason in Hollis, Queens, this little small area, mm -hmm. um, came majority of the hip hop artists in the 80s and 90s. You know, I would see Run DMC, Drown on Block, or Salt and Pepper, or LL Cool J, the guys from Onyx would be my my barbers, or uh, Ja Rule, we hung out down the block, uh, Waka Flocka lived three doors oh, away from me, wow. um, 
intro, uh, some of the fat boys live there, Tribe Called Quest, anybody and everybody, right? I was on I was on the first major national tour called the Fresh Fest, and I remember being on that tour about 14 years old, just pushing around speakers, and it was like uh, Rock Camp Public Enemy and all these other acts, and I wanted to be, hopefully, one day on TV. I was a break dancer earlier on. I remember audition with Houdini. They said they would take me on tour, and I was around 15, 16, and my mother said, hell no, you ain't going on a goddamn tour. Because <laughs> um, I was when I was on tour, I would just go and drive my car when they're in like Troy, New York, or actually when they were over at the Civic Center here, I would yeah. drive my car up and just hang out and then go back home. But right. so she didn't want me on an actual tour bus on tour. So some kid out of out of Atlanta I never heard of until ten years later would take my place on the Houdini tour. His name was uh, Jermaine Dupree. He would end up taking my place on that Houdini tour. I say all that to say that I wanted to be in the public light, but then after knowing all these artists and seeing them out, um, back then where it wasn't just about pictures, they would, you know, LL would be maybe sitting across the table from his wife having a nice private dinner, maybe they were upset at each other have an argument people just get in his face and ask for autographs and yeah. it was uncomfortable to see that and then I would end up having FUBU and being somewhat in the public light and I just didn't want to do that so I had said that maybe hopefully one day I could be on TV and be more like you know a newscaster a Walter Cronkite or something like that because you know you don't see people walking up to newscasters going yeah. crazy yeah. right but yeah. the newscasters depends on what kind of news you watch they're giving potentially hopefully vital information to make you a little smarter and I wanted to be that so Certainly I took the job on Shark Tank and yeah. I became that, but I never Absolutely. thought the Shark Tank would be a pop sensation, or, you know, like, like that. I just yeah. thought it was going to be kind of like 60 minutes. Yeah. So in the beginning, I heard that you didn't believe in Shark Tank at all. You're like, it's no. the stupidest, stupidest idea in the world. Yeah, because, you know, <laughs> listen, if somebody tells you, all right, you, you sell solar. If somebody said to you, hey, we're just going to record you trying to sell solar all day. Yeah. I'm not sure how exciting it could be. I'm sure there's obviously challenges, but maybe I was too close to it. I'd be like, oh, yeah. that, that shit ain't going to work. LL Cool J was on a Gap commercial, and he was wearing all FUBU. Yeah. And I think they spent like $30 million on the commercial. Then they took it down because FUBU went like crazy. Everyone was coming to Gap to try and buy FUBU. Was there a story yeah, so, with that? So basically this is why we kind of talk about the lack of diversity and inclusion in companies. You know, The Gap wanted to get into the hip hop market. They hired LL Cool J. He felt a little offended of the way they kind of addressed him very much like, yeah, just come on in and do whatever that rap shit is. No um, respect. No respect, right? And, uh, you know, so he put in the in the commercial, he wore a FUBU hat. He said, he had. A, he said, listen, I got a funny shaped head. I got a custom hat. <laughs> he wore the FUBU hat. And then he said, in the commercial for us, buy us on the low. Yep. The Gap spent $30 million there in that commercial. The commercial aired for about five weeks. And because they didn't have anybody, whether African-American or whether white or black or yellow, whatever cases in the company that really believed or understood hip-hop culture, there was nobody in there to say, oh, by the way. And remember, social media wasn't out now, so there was no hashtag of Gap fail. Yeah. There was no way to understand right. what was going on. They couldn't pick up on what was happening. They didn't pick up on what was happening. So five weeks later, it took them five weeks for somebody to finally incredible. say, you idiots. That's incredible. Yeah, so they fired everybody from the Gap. They hired a multicultural agency that they didn't have to do any analytics. They went back and was like, well, before you try to spin doctor this, clean it up, guess what? Everybody in the hood is Love going it. to the Gap looking yeah, for FUBU correct. and they can't find yeah. FUBU and guess what they're buying? So the Gap spent another $60 million re-airing the ad, realizing that they could either take advantage of it or have egg on their face. It turned into a movement. How many other companies from your experience, because you probably watch it happen in real time, yeah. followed suit? And we're like, oh, wow, these guys are, you know, breaking into this culture that we were so blind to. Great, great question. Um, 
A lot, a lot. Um, prior to that, I didn't create the urban market at all. I, I, got, I got inspired by a couple of companies, Carl Canai, Cross Colors, Walkerware, and uh, a couple of companies before that. But FUBU took it to another level. And then after like the Gap ad and various other things, then everybody started coming out with brands that address that market. You started a movement well, with uh, an excuse. I mean, that's what everyone does issue. now. Everyone that's, is like, yeah, great, just man. get rappers to wear their shit I and then hope it goes by. Cool yeah. Well, thank you, man. I appreciate it. So you ever heard of the game Fuck, Mary Kill? I'm sure you Everybody have. Knows. I thought I heard it years ago. Yeah, yeah. So they got a bunch of different variants. And what is it? Fuck, Mary Kill is like, and I'm going to tell you the spin on it we made, but you give like three people, three famous celebrities say, who would you fuck? Well, oh, and marry. And who would you marry? Got so like, you're three, you ready? Yeah. We change it to business, bankrupt, and bubble baths. So who would you go into business with? Who would you bankrupt and who would you take a bubble bath with? Out of the Shark Tank cast. Okay, cool. I like that. <laughs> so who would I go into business with? I go into business with Barbara. Okay. Um, most brilliant marketer, trust her instincts, really fun to be around. She's the epitome of an entrepreneur who's like, I don't need all the data. I feel good about this. Okay. I'll figure it out. And I don't have all the money. I'm going to find a way to make this marketable. That's the first one I'll go into business with. Okay. Who would I bankrupt? Yep. Uh, Lori. <laughs> uh, he didn't even think about it. Not, oh, even, not, even, not even a question oh because uh, uh, Lori is my biggest competitor. We're in the same space of consumer packaged goods. And if you look at the 20 of the best-selling <laughs> products in Shark Tank history, Lori has 12 of them. Wow. So she is, I didn't a, know that. She is a beast. She knows what she's doing, yep. and I want to kill my competition. <laughs> yes. Um, and the next one was what? Bubble bath. You take a bubble Who bath would you take a bubble? You could put clothes on or clothes off. Oh, I'm gonna to take you. a bubble bath with Laurie too. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? No, Oh, shit. You know, she's, 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 you know, but I, bath in her tears after. Lori, Lori, by the way, Lori and her husband, I just be over there with my rubber ducky. I respect Dan, her husband. Um, and I'm married, so we would just be having fun, yeah. obviously, but it's not challenging to look at Lori. I love it. I love those answers. Not what we expected. Uh, I want to do some rapid fire questions. Go ahead, hit them. Favorite em. kind of bagel? Everything. Favorite Biggie song? Biggie song. I don't know. Was more money, more problems. The Biggie song, or that was a yeah. puff. More money, more problems. Yeah. Or that was a puff song. No, uh, no. Warning. Okay. Mm. Ooh, favorite Queens artist that you were affiliated with when you were younger. That's not a tough one. I mean. Oh, it's not a tough one. LL's the reason I'm here. Oh. You know? Okay. What's your dog's name? Blake. Got it. Uh, can men get a manicure? Absolutely. <laughs> Straight men. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Pool or ocean? Depends. Uh, what we're doing. On a more serious note, 1989 on Good Friday, that was the day you realized you were going to be an entrepreneur, right? When you sold $800 worth of hats mm -hmm. out in front of the Coliseum Mall in, in, uh, in Queens. You did, you did your homework, man. I, I appreciate tried it. to. Thank you. Of course. And then, exactly 28 years later in 2017, you had a very tragic event happen. I'm sure you talk about it a lot, probably a mm -hmm. lot of people know, but share the yeah. story and kind of what happened and what has changed. Yeah, I went in to get, uh, you know, the same Good Friday, uh, around 3, 3.15 in the afternoon uh, in 1989, I sold some hats and that had uh, changed my life, you know, and then around 
3, 3.15 um, on Good Friday in 2017. I'd go in and get a nodule removed of my thyroid and the one hour surgery became four, four and a half hours of removing a golf ball size of uh, stage two cancer and my body. So that defined my life. It, it reminded me now of what I was really here for um, to hopefully uh, share with people the importance of going to the doctor and getting checkups. And it's, you know, at your age, thank God you're at a really great age um, that you can make a lot of mistakes. But we have a lot of parents and family members who, you know, they don't want to take care of themselves or they think they think naturally they're going to be okay and they're not. And what happens is uh, they end up suffering and they didn't have to suffer because a 65% chance that you can catch something in time, you can beat it. A lot of people are only thinking about this money and, and work, which is great, 100%, but if you don't have your health, you don't have any of that stuff. Right. You um, said something awesome that I heard. What's recently. that? You said... A man with his health has a thousand wishes and a man without his health has one wish. I live my life by a lot of those simple things to go back to it. It clears the clutter out of when you're overanalyzing something. And that's just the bottom line, right? A man or a woman with their health has a thousand dreams or wishes and a man without only has one. And you obviously know it way more, uh, you know, how critical it is, because obviously when you went through that life altering challenge of yours, you probably had to drill down on what really was important to you. Because if not, if not, you could be a damn alcoholic, drug addict, because you say, woe is me for why this happened to me. You know, I'm not worthy of this or that, or I can't overcome these things. And when you realize you can overcome those things and change those things, nothing can stop you after that. Right. You don't know how strong you really are until you're put in that position. Yeah. And then you find out who's inside. Yeah. And then you appreciate too, like when you're about to lose it all. I mean, I'm sure that all the, you had all these thoughts. When you're about to lose everything, you realize what's really important. Yeah, 100%. How did yeah. that change your day to day? Finding out you were so, you know, in that situation where it all could have went south. Yeah, it changed my day to day and the fact of I need to stay on my shit. And it didn't make me a perfect person. Right, yeah. but it also changed my day to day on explaining to people more importantly what the value of their health was. So even like now, I go through this thing called my fitness journey, where I keep showing people I've dropped a couple of pounds. But the more important part of my my fitness journey is because I thank God is fortunate enough to have the best medicine and the best doctors around. I want to show people when I'm slipping because what happens is you know you're going on this fitness journey and you're you, you eat a bunch of bad shit one day. Yep. You go, oh, fuck, man, I'm off my diet. Uh, I'll start again next week. No, start again tomorrow. It was okay. You just you just had some fucked up shit. Right. It's okay. Right. Because I find the people that go all the way hard one way or another, they just fall off the cliff really Always. hard. Yeah. And uh, this fitness journey I'm on, in the last five years, I've started this and had false starts at least a dozen times. Yeah. And I may fuck up again in another month, but I want people to see that. Now also why I'm doing that I'm also holding myself accountable when I put it out there because people go, hey, how's the fitness journey going? Exactly. Oh, yeah. While you're eating a Krispy Kreme donut. Yeah, and I'm like, hey. <laughs> you know, Isn't that so. just like business though too because people think, oh man, this man is so successful, but you could probably count your failures 10 times more than, than your wins. My failures are 10 times more than wins. Right. And that's how you become successful is you hmm. get back on the horse. Just get over it. Move it's funny on. how those two th things coincide so well though, I feel, you know? It is. People only it? see you when you're fit. And you're big. Yeah, and, and they don't like, see you in the oh, gym. You got like that, but they didn't see you cheating and getting back up yeah. and not saying, oh, I'm going to start again Monday. Yeah. No, I'm going to go run this donut off right now. Exactly. Yeah. 100%. I like it. And I like how you said you post it because, you know, when you, when you put it out in the world, you become accountable to it. You have no choice. You know, people take themselves too serious. I mean, honestly, 
Big fag. Yeah, like no, nobody really nobody biggity flapjack nobody fag. really gives a fuck about you. No, like why? Like how you think how great you are? Nobody really cares. They no. care about what's in it for them, but don't take yourself too serious. It's, it's not that serious. One hundred percent. We got you answering questions about bubble baths and shit on our <laughs> podcast. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, uh, you can't play like that necessarily. Yeah, if you're a politician, you have responsibilities, you know, but. In certain environments, don't take yourself too serious. A hundred percent. Nothing so serious. That's how I live my life, man. I'm just a clown all the time. <laughs> Look how he's dressed. Well, you're in on it. Okay, but you're, as long as you're in on it, man, it's all yeah. good. You've really been starting your YouTube journey, your social media. You've really been pushing it a lot lately. And I think back in 2020, you did, a, you did an episode where you reacted to your Shark Tank moments. Mm-hmm. And it went super viral. How has, you were talking about being on social media and keeping yourself accountable. Do you think it's important to be on social media now? Do you think it's toxic? I know a lot of people like they're addicted dopamine hits. Do you think people should build their social media brand or like how do you? hundred percent. Okay. You have to. I mean, everything is done within the borders of your availability to do it and what you're saying. But yeah, I mean, you know, people don't realize that. Yeah, we look you all up on yeah. social media. That's what it is. So that's, that's where your resume lays. Exactly. Um, and people are too literal. A lot of people, I, I talk to a lot of kids, believe it or not, even my daughter, you know, and, and I go, why you aren't on social media? Well, you know, I don't want to, but if you come into my office and you just graduated college, I'm going to look on your social media. You know, one of my daughters are, are going going to be a, a, in her master's in um, architectural design, right? Wow. She'd probably go, well, I don't want to be on social media dancing around or doing this and that because people won't take me serious. You don't have to. Right, why don't you just put up? Why don't you just put up amazing buildings, and sculptures that yes. you see, yeah. and tell people where maybe this concept have come from, where these this inspiration has come from. And if you did that once a week as an employer, potentially in two years, where I'm like, uh, let me see what this young woman is about. Yeah. Now you have a hundred and some odd posts where you're showing yourself talking about what drives you, what doesn't. And if I look at that, and I look at a lot of stuff, you say, I go, oh, you know what? I agree with this young lady. Yeah. You know, you don't have to be running around dancing and singing and shit. So I think social media is free. You know, of course, you can pay for it if you, you want to do more. But it's it, it's your resume. Yeah. Right. How much time do you have? I know we're getting we close. Three minutes left. Okay. Let's get in this. Oh, minutes. you mean on the camera? Uh, George's toss. We got three minutes. Uh, let's do 10 more minutes. We're fine. In the retail industry, which you've been in your whole life, where you started, where you still are, there's a lot of upfront capital needed or upfront credit needed. I'm super big on like credit and debt, and that's how you could really build wealth and excel at real estate, whatever it might be, leverage. What do you think of of debt and credit and that game? And do you think it's smart for people to get into it? Should they stay away from it? What's the importance of it to you? Well, there's good debt and bad debt. I mean, okay. there's debt that you are acquiring because the debt you're acquiring, somebody else is paying it off, right? right. You buy a home, you know, you, you know that all cost amortization everything else is two thousand dollars a month and then somebody pays pays twenty two hundred dollars or twenty five hundred dollars a month and then you know you obviously the you you take the losses on where you say things are obviously uh you know you have to repair and then hopefully a couple years that property is worth double or triple you know um and then you pull out the equity other cases, yeah. and then there's bad debt. I, you know, I, I want to buy more inventory. Well, you don't have sales, but I want to buy more inventory. I want to buy more commercials. I want, you know, so debt can be, you know, money is something that either highlights your strengths or highlights your weaknesses. Yeah. 
if you have a system of employees or you're advertising and marketing and it's a slow conversion rate or not a good conversion rate, we'll buy more of that. It's just going to highlight a poor conversion rate. Yep, right. Yep. So, yeah, credit is the way that the world works. It is something you cannot live without. Credit is needed. So it, it's how you do it. I mean, you know, money is just a tool. It's a pretty simple tool. Numbers don't lie. You know, so you got to figure it out. What do you think of the market right now? The whole economy, everything. I know there's inflation, there's the interest rates, there's real estate, there's everything. What do you what do you think of it right now? What do you think as a whole in what? Like, what do I think about what? Well, you I think we're going to have think a speak? safe place to put your money is right now. Yeah, I guess. What's your advice on what you would do then? My my personal advice is the stock market. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Buy while it's on sale. Why it's on sale? You're right. Which it is right now. You think it's going to go lower? You think it's at, it's bottoming out right now? I don't know, but I got to tell you, I'm going to give you my fine print. Uh, everything I thought about the pandemic, every call that I made, seventy percent of the time I was wrong. So I'm not sure if you want me to give any advice. <laughs> we are not a financial Stick advisor. To the business, <laughs> right? But again, like you said, right, a lot of mistakes. But the thirty percent I was right. That, that way, way surpasses. The losses, right? Happy to hear. So if you, you want, you know, I, I always tell people, just have common sense when it comes to the market. The market is is about 70 to 80% of the market trades are really ran by bots. Yep. They're ran by algorithms and bots. If we're at a point where gas is at all time high, electric cars are great, and yep. Tesla can't keep up production, and Tesla is 60% off, well... I think that's pretty obvious what you should do. Yep. Super down. Um, if Amazon is split or Amazon is down, uh, we're not going to just wake up tomorrow and say, we don't want boxes sent to our house. We're going to all just pack in the car and go to the mall. <laughs> and if you think Amazon <laughs> and all the companies they own from Ring Doorbell to Whole Foods is just going to be out of business tomorrow, well, you're an idiot. Yeah. So if that's 50% off, well, uh, you know, you if you put your money in it today and it just goes back, traditionally the market has come back in 16 to 18 months when it takes a strong dip like this. If you just put your money in it today, you will double your money at least if it just goes back to, to where, where it was. It was. Yeah. And if you put the money in today and you don't take it out until a year and a day, that's capital gains. You mm -hmm. only pay 20% interest. But if you put it in today and think you're Gordon Gecko and trade it tomorrow, you pay 50% interest. So if yep. you put your money in the bank as savings, you put a thousand in, in a year, you'll have a thousand and four dollars. You put it in an Amazon in a year, you would probably have 2,000 or more. Right. So yep. I think that that's pretty self-explanatory. And you're so. talking about these good companies. I heard you say, forget when I heard it, but I heard you say something like, you'll only invest in a business if, if it were to go away, it would affect your life, like these big businesses, like you're saying yeah. right now. Correct. Yeah. Just Facebook went away. As much as people love to hate Mark Zuckerberg and hate Facebook, let him rip down Facebook oh, and rip yeah. down Instagram oh, yeah. and WhatsApp <laughs> and, and, and see and, and Meta and and all your pictures are gone and all your friends are gone. You will be kissing yeah, his pasty white ass. <laughs> yeah, to, Give to, me to my pictures back. To, to open it back up, right? And with Seriously. them being so connected and having almost two billion connections of all of us, that data and that information, and they're about acquiring companies. They ain't going nowhere. Yeah. I always like to ask someone this, uh, and it's cheesy, but I don't really give a shit. Your message. At the end of the day, what's your message to everybody when you're talking to people? What do you, what do you really want to pass along to somebody? Nobody has all the answers. Figure that shit out, right? Don't think that anybody else is smarter than you. It takes really common sense to operate businesses. A lot of people are too close to it, or they feel that somebody else is supposed to tell them what to do. Why? I mean, you know, it's it's... It's pretty simple as long as you're ready to work harder than everybody and figure shit out. Don't think that, 
You know, I don't think you need all this kind of money. Figure it out, you know. I generally do. I, I don't do any podcast or any of those type of things when I'm not doing something. Meaning like if I don't have something to promote generally, yeah. I don't need to be on them because I know that that three months or five months of the year, I'm going to be on them because I need to promote something, right? Shark yeah. Tank's coming out, da, da, new book, da, da. But you guys start a podcast. I'm sitting in there minding my business in a bar and shit. And you come over to me and have a conversation. So first of all, you weren't afraid to ask. Second of all, you know, you got me over here. Um, and hopefully I'm going to be the, the, the lowest member of the amount of people you will have after this. But it starts somewhere, right? And you didn't overthink it. Yo, man, you want to come by? What was I going to say? What's the worst scenario? No. Say no. Well, you you back where you started, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. So you're, you're an example of figure it out. I'm sure you have had to figure out a lot of things in life that most people, you know, they think their life is, uh, you know, hard. You know, I, I think we're the top 1% of the world, you know, and there's somebody listening. How am I the 1% of the world? Well, you know, there's 2 billion people on this planet that don't have access to electricity. That's 2 yeah. billion people. That yeah. means... No lights at night, no nothing, no. right? And a total of three billion people have no access to electricity and proper running water, right? So now we got only about three and a half to four billion Almost left. Almost 50%. And we're, we're not talking about the ones who are suffering from disease, worn, torn areas, living under poverty, drug addiction, and various other things. We're the 1% of the world, right? So if you're listening to us now and watching us, whoever had a bad day, you had a bad day. Years, right? And and they should be able to appreciate and figure this shit out. Yeah, yep. It ain't that you tough. Know? That's it's it. the rule of kiss. Keep it simple, stupid. That's right. That's, right. <laughs> that's it. All right. Well, we really appreciate. Thank you, David. Having you, man. No, I appreciate you, you shared with us. I appreciate was very it. good. And and you heard it from him. It ain't that tough. Figure it the fuck out. <laughs> appreciate it, guys. Thank you, man. That was awesome. That was awesome. We really appreciate you, man. It is, it is my pleasure, guys.